Do you want to take on take it from there? Sure. Okay. So using feminine metaphors of God is not a radical feminist innovation. It's not something that we're like, feminist agenda, here we go. Like, if you take the time and if you sit down with your Bible and you go through the passages, uh, you will see God referred to as mother over and over again. Not as much as father. I grant you that. However, more than you might be realize, um, I was no reading Beth Allison Barr. She's a historian. And she actually said that we're not familiar with it because it's not preached in the pulpits. They're not brought to the forefront. We're not, we don't talk about these passages. She said, actually, it used to be very common to hear a passage preached, taught um, on the compassion of God. And from the mothering passages, I'm going to read some to you. And these are just some. These are not all. So this is um, God described his mother from Hosea. God, yet it was I who taught Ephraim to walk. I who took them up in my arms, but they did not know that I healed them. I led them with cords of human kindness, with bands of love. I was to them like those who lift infants to their cheeks. I bent down to them and I fed them. Now we have mother as, uh, God described as a mother bear. This is also from Hosea. I like this one. Like a bear robbed of her cubs, I will attack them and tear them asunder. (laughs) Mama bear, have you ever, moms, have you experienced that in you? Like something, and it's kind of irrational, and you're like, I mean, it's so bad, but like some kid bullies your kid, and you're like, I am going to tear that kid apart. Back down, Heidi, back down. Like, it's for real. Uh, The God who gives birth. Deuteronomy 32, 18, you were unmindful of the rock that bore you. You forgot the God who gave you birth. Isaiah 66, 13, there is a lot in Isaiah about God as mother, like numerous. I have way more here than I will read to you, but here's two. Uh, God, as a mother comforts her child, so I will comfort you. You shall be comforted in Jerusalem. Isaiah 49, 15, God compared to a nursing mother. That's very intimate. Can a woman forget her nursing child or show no compassion for the child of her womb? Even these may forget, yet I will not forget you. I like that one. Oh, here's another one in Isaiah. God as a woman in labor. This is God. For a long time I have held my peace. I have kept myself still and restrained myself. Now I will cry out like a woman in labor. I will gasp and pant. That is very visual, isn't it? It's like, whoa. What's kind of interesting, too, and I find confusing, is that Paul takes the same passage from the Old Testament talking about nursing and like being like nursed by God and uses that. I was like, that is confusing, Paul. That is not how I normally, um, it's not, not how I normally think of you as someone who's going to bring that up. So I can keep going. There's a lot in the Psalms, and I could just go, oh, and then, then there's the mother hen, which we're going to talk about today, and the list goes on. So I encourage you to maybe look if you're like, I didn't know. I didn't know how many images there were that talked about God as a woman. So no, it's not heresy. It's just something we don't talk about all the time. It's clearly there. It's clearly there. 
And sometimes the things that we don't talk about all the time feel like heresy yeah. because we haven't talked about them. So if, if you're feeling that stirring in your gut going, hey, this can't be real, this can't be true, just take a moment, pause, turn to wonder, and say, I wonder what's going on inside me that I can't accept what Scripture is saying about God here. We're going to read a passage uh, specifically about God as mother and Jesus talking about uh, the feminine qualities of God in himself. It's in Luke chapter 13, verses 31 through 35. So before we do that, can yeah. we answer the other question? What other question? This one, it was from you. Like, why oh, yeah. is it uncomfortable to talk about God as mother? Yeah, I see mother? it's right here. I skipped it. So I, I, I've been thinking about this because... So why is it uncomfortable to think about God as mother? Like there were some prayers that we read that were beautiful and they were like divine mother. And I'm like, let's not push them so far. We'll just not go there. But why is it so uncomfortable? So recently a friend shared with me an interpretation of the Tower of Babel. And you probably have a similar idea of what I have. God scattered, they tried to reach to heaven and God scattered them. And she presented to me a completely different model or completely different idea of what the Tower of Babel could mean. And I was like, what? No, no, no. But I thought what she presented was biblical. Like it matches who God is. It matches the biblical narrative. And so maybe I could consider it. And so I think I was uncomfortable because I never heard it before. I think sometimes as Christians we're uncomfortable because there's something we haven't heard before, but it does not mean that it is not true. It does not even mean that it's not biblical. So, um, and why I think it's important for women to know that God is man, like neither, neither man nor woman, but it's like you're included. It's like God understands you. It's like... It's like it's not just all about the guys club. It's like God created you in his image as well, and you're, you're invited. You're invited to the table. So um, It reminds me of our kids young when they're young is asking you to tell them a story and to put them in it. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. that's what it does. Make up a story. Put me in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Still say it. All right, now, you, now, now please now read I, the now passage. Now I can read the passage? Yeah, okay. please do. All right, so Luke chapter 13. 31 through 35. At, the very, at that very hour, some Pharisees came and said to him, Jesus, get away from here, for Herod wants to kill you. He said to them, go and tell that fox for me. Listen, I'm casting out demons and performing cures today and tomorrow and on the third day. On, or, and on the third day, I finish my work. Yet today and tomorrow and the next day, I must be on my way because it is impossible for a prophet to be killed outside of Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often I have desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you are not willing. See, your house is left to you, and I tell you, you will not see me until the time comes when you say, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord, the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So this passage uh, is the mama bear. It's, it's the mama bear. Jesus actually goes mama bear on these Pharisees. Did you get, catch that? There is 
just this sense of intense anger when the Pharisees come and say, you got to get away from here because Herod's going to kill you. Herod had already killed John the Baptist. Jesus knew Herod's power and Herod's capabilities and, and the fact that Herod could order people to come and take him and kill him. And yet he gets, gets angry at him and he says, go tell that fox for me. It ain't going to happen. In fact, t- tell him where I'm going to be. I'm going to be here for the next three days, and then i got to be on my way. So if he wants to do something, he better come and do it now. He's got three days. He can come and deal with me face to face. Jesus is all mama bear. He is like a mother when her child is in danger. Now, I don't know if you've ever had this happen, but sometimes when you have a little toddler with you and you're playing out in the front yard, they get this thing in their head that they want to run away from you because they want to be chased, right? Little kids love to be chased. So they go taking off, and as a mom or as a dad, you're like, hey, come back here, come back, back, back. And they stop, and they look at you, and they, and they get this grin on their face, you know, that, that grin that little toddlers get, and then they bolt straight across the street, right? Right out into traffic, and you're like racing and chasing after them. Your first gut response is you grab that child by the arm, right? And you wind up sometimes on accident, you leave a bruise because you're so intense trying to save that child's life, right? You pull him back, and you look at them, and you say, why did you do that? And you just get angry. That fierceness, that's the mom bear coming out, and it comes out in men and women, and that's coming out in Jesus. Jesus is so passionate for his children, and any threat that comes that way, the threat to him, the threat to the people of God and Israel, the people he is trying to heal, that he is, the demons he is trying to cast out, he gets angry about it, and he calls him a fox. Now, I don't know if you guys know this, but I am a chicken mama. I'm just including myself in Mother's Day so I can have one of the leftover chocolates. Um, I'm not. I'm a chicken daddy. And uh, we have eight chickens at home, and we have an equal number of foxes living in the yard next to us. And I'm not kidding. There are six fox pups and two adult pups. Here's a picture of me and one of my chickens. Yes. This is Popcorn 3, the third. Um, I won't tell you why it's Popcorn the third. We just call her Popcorn. She doesn't need to know. Um, and we, we really do. We love our chickens, and we care for them, and they are giving us many eggs, and it is a good relationship. I feed them. They feed me. It's wonderful. But these foxes appeared next door, and I got to tell you, this next picture, this is kind of what's going on. We got the chickens looking at us, and the foxes are looking at us, and they're looking at one another, and the foxes are thinking, this is a great place to have a whole bunch of babies because, look, we can have six babies, and there's a chicken for each of them, and we each get one too. It's like a buffet. The threat to our chickens is disturbing, and we sit at our back door each day, and we look out there and go, you see foxes? I see foxes, Heidi. The foxes in the yard. And we try anything we can to get them out of our yard. We make noise. Uh, Isaac uh, brought, brought big dogs over from other people's houses. We've done all kinds of stuff to get rid of these foxes because we don't want to kill them. They're really beautiful animals, and they're fun to look at, and they're curious, but they're dangerous. And that's how Jesus is treating him, as treat, treating this man who is threatening him as a fox. I just ran out of steam. Uh. I think, is there one more picture of the fox, I think? And then I'll... That's it. There's next okay. one. Okay. So what, what I notice about the passage is that Jesus calls Herod a fox. And then he says, I'm the hen. I was like, why would you do that? Because the fox is stronger and the fox is going to win. I was like, that doesn't make sense. It should be a fox and a mama bear. Right? But he says, no, he calls himself a hen. And so I really was thinking of, about that. Like you, So I, I see he's saying, 
I want you close, and I will bring you under my protection, and I will love you, but life is still hard, and things are gonna, there's still going to be a fox, and things can still come at you, and they can get you. Because I was like, that's not what I would prefer, but it is true. So he says, I am the mother hen, and I will bring you underneath my wings, and I will love you, and I will protect you. However, as we see in our backyard, we, we have lost chickens. The fox will kill our chicks. And so there has to be something more powerful than the power. There has to be something more powerful in that chicken's love and comfort and bringing you close. Or why would Jesus say, I am a hen? Like, why didn't he say, I am a bear and I will rip them to shreds? He doesn't. No, he doesn't. He does pivot. And like a mother when they're chasing their child, and we have that first flush of anger, but then that anger immediately switches to like, I just wrote the word agony. Uh, it's that, that pain of imagining what could happen to the child. And that's how Jesus pivots from that mother bear anger to the mother hen. And that's the next picture is, we shared this last week uh, from Kelly Lattimore. He wrote this icon. Um, and that's actually the language of wrote an icon because it's telling a story. It's not a picture, but it's a, it's a, a story that's being written there. And it's Jesus, the mother hen, and, and the chicks being gathered and marshaled and brought together under his wings. And that's Jesus. He's just in agony over the chicks. He says, how often I have desired to gather your children together. He's talking about the city of Jerusalem. I just wanted to gather all these children together as a hen gathers her brood. And, and chicks, chickens, are, they naturally herd together, and they naturally want to keep themselves together for protection. And that's, that's the image. They're going to pull their wings around these chicks. If I try to take a, a, an egg from a chicken that's sitting on it, I get packed. And they, and they make all these noises. And that's that mother hen just wanting to protect what they have. And Jesus is wanting to do the same to protect and to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings. He says this, you were not willing. He goes from anger to heartbreak. He's crying and weeping. The, the title of this section is The Lament Over Jerusalem. And a lament is just, it's, it's giving voice to sorrow and grief and care and agony. And that's what Jesus is doing. He is giving voice to that. He cries and he weeps. It's for the fact that the chickens won't come in to the mother hen. This is an expression of Jesus' compassion and a desire to gather people that, even the people that don't want to be gathered. You guys catch that? Even the people that don't want to be gathered, Jesus desires to gather them. We get really, really caught up in this, who is in and who is out, who is saved and who is not saved. And Jesus' heart is never about who is saved and who is not saved. It's always about, I want all of my children to come in under my wings. His concern is always about drawing people, even those who are actually violently opposed to him. In this story, the bad guy, the fox, Herod, becomes one of the chicks that Jesus wants to draw in. The Pharisees who want to kill him and in just a few days will become the chicks that Jesus wants to draw in. Even those who are angry and want to destroy him, he expresses love and concern and laments over them. It's the inclusiveness of Jesus that we see here rather than his exclusiveness. 
He wants everybody to be included, but he doesn't force anybody. We should never fear that we are beyond the love of God. Let me say that again. We should never, ever fear that we are beyond the love and compassion of God. Jesus goes and dies on a cross, and when he is on that cross, he is looking at the people who literally crucified him moments ago, who are jeering, who are cursing, who are spitting on him. And what does he say to them? He says to the Father, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. This is the extent of the love of God. This is the mothering hen that just wants to draw everybody in, even in his moment of great agony, the greatest moment of pain. He is wanting to draw everybody in. We should never, ever fear that we are beyond the love of God. Nor should we look at somebody else and say, you are beyond the love of God. Because it's not our place. The love of God is inclusive and it's compassionate. With that, this week, I was thinking, what if we balanced the metaphors? What if we highlighted the metaphors of the shepherd, like last week, which is compassion? What if we focus on the comforting, the mother aspects of God, the protector, the mother bear, with justice and faithfulness and fathering? I think that if we came here and if we focused on the different pieces of God, the compassion of God, we would look different. I think it would look different in the church today if we put our focus a little bit somewhere different than it has been. If we focused more on the the kindness of God and the inclusiveness of God and let God be the judge, like you were saying. I, I was reminded, Jamie, Jamie's used this quote numerous times over the year, and I heard it again this week, by A.W. Tozer. What comes to our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. You're probably familiar with that. What if it was love, comfort, compassion, being held safely under these wings, I think I would move through the world a little bit differently if that was what came to my mind. And I think that that's what, what we're invited to. So I've just been thinking about it this week. What if I just have this picture in my mind and I just thought, like, what if this is how I see God? Someone who is um, bringing us in together instead of pressing people away. Like, have you ever, I think we've done that here. Like, just give yourself a minute. Like, what comes to mind when you think about God? Like, close your eyes. What comes to mind? And it doesn't have to stay the same. Like, you're like, oh, I don't, I'm not, I don't like that picture. It doesn't have to be the same. You can change your story. You can change your future. You can change what you focus on. So I think that's, that's like been my invitation this week as I've just sat with, with the passage um, to, to change how I view God and more of the mothering aspect of God, more of the kindness and compassion. What is that in your mind as you've thought this week? Well, I was thinking about the image of God that, that I've had most of my life is God the warrior. You know, and there's a lot of passages about God being a warrior. And I'm like, but why, do, why is it that that resonates me, with me so much more and the God of compassion, the God of inclusiveness, the God of kindness. 
Um, and I think it's because when I look outside and I see the world, I feel a fear, and I want God to wipe away those things that make me afraid. That I want, I want, I want God to come and stand up for his church and not let there be persecution in places like Myanmar and, and Sudan and places like that. And I, I want God to stand up for his church here in America and not allow, you know, radical liberalism to take over or whatever it happens to be. I want God to just come in with a sword and a mighty arm and, you know, his angel armies marching through and just to end all of that. And yet what God wants to do is he wants to come in kindness and he wants to come in compassion. And so I, that's what I was just wrestling with is why, why would I want to focus so much more on this one side of God and miss out on this kindness and compassion? Because when I'm hurting... And when I'm in sorrow and when I'm in pain, what do I most need and what do I most want? I, I want a hug from a mom, <laughs> you know? I, I, want, I want a shoulder to, to rest on that just loves me just for who I am. Like, I gave birth to you, and, you know, you might mess up all the time, but I really love you. That's the kind of mom I want in that moment. And that's the kind of moms that many of you are and striving to be. And that's the kind of mom that God is, a God of compassion I love the, the Old Testament description of God, the Lord, the Lord, full of compassion and slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. That's God the mom. So we were going to close with a prayer and a song. Mm -hmm. Unless you have something else to say, I was going to no. let you, would you do this while I get ready for the song? Sure, sure. We didn't discuss that part. Nope. All right, so the prayer's up here, so you can, you can um, pray it with me. All right, join me in prayer. And then there's going to be the part, you can't quite tell that it's big, but you get to say that with me together. Lord God, in your holy word today, we heard that you asked us to come to you and that more you seek us out like a hen seeks out her chicks. That you offer us the protection and the safety of your strong wings. Help us, O oh God, to stop each day and to listen to your call to pause and allow you to overtake us, to wait and to have your warmth and your wisdom overwhelm us. And then together, Lord, hear our prayer. 